Hello, and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis, and today's guest is Debbie O'Reilly. Debbie O'Reilly is a coordinator for Volunteer Mount Pearl, an office created in 2014 by the Mount Pearl Sport Alliance. VMP was established to address the volunteer needs of community groups in the Mount Pearl area and to act as a hub to connect volunteers and the groups that need them. Debbie does community outreach with seniors, youth, and all those in between. She provides volunteer-related news and shares volunteer job details on her website through social media and in a quarterly newsletter. Hi, Debbie, and welcome to the show. Hi, Dale. Thank you. It's nice to have you here. It's good to be here. Usually, we uh, usually we get together and chat over uh, over Magic Walk Chinese food. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't provide you with that this morning. Oh, that's too it bad. Gets, it gets in the board, and it's uh, it's too messy. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll do it after. <laughs> that sounds good. So, welcome. It's nice to have you, and and uh, and it's uh, it's good to have a chat about volunteerism because so much of what we do in the cultural sector, in the heritage sector, uh, relies on volunteers. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I know, you know, in doing work with community organizations and community museums, you know, so much of of that work would not happen if volunteers weren't weren't out and doing it. Absolutely true. Most boards are are, um, comprised of volunteers. You need volunteers to do events. Uh, Volunteers do it all, basically. Very few paid people in those not-for-profit positions. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, Volunteer Mount Pearl then. How, so how did it start? What was the what the origin of the organization? Right. So um, in 2012 or so, the Mount Pearl Sport Alliance was polling its members to find out what their volunteer needs were. And as they talked to groups, they found out that they were having trouble recruiting volunteers and then retaining them. It was a big deal. Um, But they found out, too, that it was happening throughout the community. It wasn't just happening with sport groups. It was actually something that was prevalent. Um, Volunteers who were in positions had been there for very long times. And they um, they were getting burnt out, yeah. and new people weren't stepping up. So they um, they applied to the city for some extra funding for a volunteer position, and um, here I am. So I was hired on a contract in 2014 to set it up and see if they could actually take it somewhere. And so we built the foundation for it then. And then in 2015, I got a second contract, and here I am now. I'm I'm still I'm still working on that contract, but yeah. yet we're still trying to work through all the details. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you, you mentioned two things then, um, this idea about recruiting volunteers and then also re- retaining them once you get them. Yeah. Wh- which of those is the bigger challenge, do you think? It's, it all depends on the demographic and the group. Okay. Um, I've, I've, with the sport organizations, uh, parents will volunteer if their children are in the sport. Yep. And oftentimes they'll stay there as long as their child is in that sport. Many of them move on, some will stay. Um, for some groups, you get um, young volunteers who'll stay just long enough to fulfill their community uh, career hours, and then they move on. Um, and then you have some long term board members who will stay in an organization for 20, 30 years. Right. Which is sometimes good, but sometimes not good because you need. Um, you need new ideas. You do you need new ideas, fresh yeah. stuff coming in. Yeah. 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 Um, so who are your clients then in terms of organizations? Like who do you, who do you work with to help find volunteers? Um, anybody who needs volunteer community groups in Mount Pearl, um, the sports organizations are actually pretty self-sufficient, but I do work with, there's, um, girl guides and boy scouts. We've got the arts association in Mount Pearl. 
there are um, just anybody out there who's actually maybe a smaller capacity organization that needs volunteers to step up for one-time events. Frosty festivals, looking for people. Sometimes it's big events, but they only happen once a year, that sort of thing. Right. So I'll, I'll take on anybody who needs a volunteer. Yeah. And then how do you find them? How do you find people to volunteer? Yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, I do have a network that I've established. I've been working on it for a couple of years now. So I've got a, a large group, um, and I'm connected to the high schools. Um, I've been doing presentations in the high schools, trying to generate some interest among younger people. And I've connected to the seniors groups, too, because Mount Pearl is actually, uh, it's got a large senior population, uh, and they're very active people. So um, I just reach out to my networks and and um, and and see who who can step up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you mentioned high schools. So currently in Newfoundland, there's a there is a, a requirement for high school students to yep. do volunteer hours. Can you tell me a bit about that? Sure. Um, so career credit hours. Students are required to do a career course, and they have to do thirty credit hours throughout their high school career um, and then they can't graduate unless they have 30 hours of volunteer work or community community capacity building something like that um, and so students are obligated to go out and volunteer in their communities uh, and get 30 hours and then they sign off on uh, on the forms and then they can graduate but there is some struggle with some students who get to June of their final year in high school who still haven't got enough hours, and parents call and, and are frantic. In a panic, yeah. yeah. They don't have enough hours. Yeah. And then you have some students who have them all done before they finish grade 10. Right, yeah. You know, it's a balance. And so what kinds of things are students volunteering for then? Um, I've been trying to encourage the community to offer students volunteer work that isn't just stacking chairs or doing something that's mundane. Kids will do it if they have to, but I've been trying to get them out there doing more interesting things. Um, like a project I'm working on of get kids um, interacting with seniors in a variety of ways. Um, and that's really good for, for both groups. Um, kids like to do stuff that's fun. Teenagers, you know, want to have fun volunteer work. You know, we've got them um, teaching uh, swimming lessons, for example, mm-hmm. or um, participating in the Santa Claus parade, those sorts of things. I think, I think that's true for, for all ages of volunteers. You know, people often don't want to sit on another committee where they have to go to endless meetings, you true. know, but they do, they do want to do things that are interesting, that, that, that kind of make good use of the skills that they have. Yep, that's true. Yep. But yeah. students don't have the past experience with them. Right. So you want to get them involved in volunteering. It has to be something that actually gets them excited about what they're doing. Yeah. I've got uh, some kids who contacted me and they said, me and my friends like to sing. So we want to go to a senior's home and sing some Christmas carols for them. You know, how can we set that up? You know, so there's there's lots of ways for them to do it. But giving them the um, the the connections is really important because it's kind of scary for teenagers to go out into the community and and just say, hey, you know, hey, knock yeah. on your door and say, hey, I want to volunteer here, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 So you, you have a website, you use social media. How do you use those tools to, to do your work? Uh, my website is... Um, I have um, information, blog posts that I put there regularly, um, and we've also created a database on that website. So organizations who need volunteers can actually go to the database and input the information. We need X number of volunteers for this job for this certain date, and they'll give a brief description. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's on my Twitter feed as well. 
And so people can go and look it up and see. It's kind of like a job bank, so they can just look up and say, oh, look, there's a job at the Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I want to sign up for that. Yeah. And so if people want to track you down on, on social media, what, where do they go? What are your what are your addresses and names? Okay, so volunteermountpearl.ca is the website. Okay, volunteermountpearl.ca. Yep. At okay. um, volunteermp is Twitter. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Volunteer Mount Pearl, and I have an Instagram account. Right. Which is Volunteer Mount Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's it. So if you Google Volunteer Mount Pearl, you're going to... You should find us you somewhere. You should find you. Yeah, yeah. Very good. And and do you find that um, that people are are comfortable, you know, registering for things online, or is that an age? Uh, does it depend on the age of the, the person who's... Yeah, it's been a slow uptake, actually. I'm yeah. having some concerns, I guess, that people are not using it like they need to. Yeah. So um, some organ- and I did a brief survey at one point last year, and some groups said, I think it's a great idea. You know, I use it all the time. And other groups said, you know, we don't need any volunteers. We have more than enough, which I thought was very unusual. But there are some groups who actually have all the volunteers they need. So it was like a 50-50. Some people use it. Some people don't. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you need to have multiple ways of reaching people. Like not Absolutely. everyone is on Facebook. Not everyone is, you know, on Twitter, you know, so having multiple ways is, is good. And yeah. some people just need that old fashioned, you know, telephone call. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I find that when I'm working with senior citizens, uh, telephone calls are really the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, I do send out emails, but then they'll call me. Right. Right. <laughs> to read you the email. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I will reach out to young people and um, they don't want, they don't know how to answer the phone, really, you know, like they'd rather have a, a text. Sure. So I've set up that way too. Like if you want to text and have a conversation, we're good with that too. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying all the different, all the ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that we're interested here on the show is on, is about traditional knowledge and, and the transmission of skills. And I wanted to talk to you specifically about a couple of your, a couple of your programs and I wanted to start off with the, the bread making project that you did. Yeah. Um, so how did that start? So we received funding through New Horizons grant. And um, part of my proposal was to get connect, um, seniors and youth connected. Um, actually, that's the bulk of the, the, the program. And so I set up a number of activities where I could get seniors to pass on um, information to young people and then vice versa. And I've got some more projects actually coming up that focus more on seniors, um, young people working with seniors. Um, so yes, the bread making was fun. In fact, what I did, I put it out there that I needed some young people and seniors to go berry picking. Um, that got a little tricky at first because people were really excited about blueberry picking, which is what we were going to do. But I only knew of one spot to go berry picking <laughs> and it's mine. <laughs> You can't give away I that secret I couldn't give knowledge. away my spot. So, and it was like hitting a moving target, too, because you needed to find enough people to go on a day that was right when the berries were ripe. Right, yeah. And it was so, so we ended up going to Lester's Farm. They actually had a U-Pick raspberries. So we went there, and I had um, a number of uh, young people. Actually, they were um, grade four students, these young girls. They're girl guides. And they came and uh, brought their parents. Some of them were older parents. And uh, we just spent a couple of hours picking berries, and um, that was a lot of fun. We went off with a great haul. That's the best way to pick berries, in my opinion. <laughs> and then we, uh, a week later, we had arranged for a number of senior citizens to come. The city of Mount Pearl donated um, a kitchen space for us to use yeah. in Park Place. So we went in there, and we had seniors who were teaching some of the girls, um, and there was one boy, uh, how to make berries, and at the same time they were making bread. So we sort of separated into two groups, 
some of the uh, seniors showed how to make bread. And while the bread was rising, they were making the the jam and then so on. And at the end, it was really it was really delicious. I have to say, <laughs> it was it was a really rainy day. It was a great way to spend a rainy day. Yeah. And while we were waiting for everything to sort of cook and settle and that sort of stuff, those kids sat down with the seniors and they collected stories from them. You know, what memories do you have about berry picking? What, you know, what did you do? How did your mother, how did you learn how to bake bread? You know, that sort of thing. So yeah. it was really interesting. We had a great day. Yeah. And so how many participants would you have in a, in a session like that? That particular one, we had uh, five youth and six seniors yeah. and then we had a couple of um a couple of the moms including me right yeah yeah so and, and what did the seniors think of the of the day what was, what was their they response they had a to great it? time yeah. and i'm seeing now the more activities i do i'm seeing these same faces again so the same people are coming back and i'm getting really positive feedback from them because it's something different it's something that they're interested in and you know they've got some time on their hands for the most part so they're really enjoying the the different kind of activities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I really like that that idea of you know having a having a group activity where you where you do learn something that there is this kind of transmission of knowledge and yep. skills are being passed on. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know food is always a great way to bring people together. For sure. And at the end of it all, we took what bread we all sampled our what we made, of course. But at the end of it, we took what bread we made and the jam that we made, and we gave it out to seniors. So we brought some up to uh, Hillcrest Seniors Home. And then um, some people knew of some seniors who were um, uh, housebound, and I brought some down to the Church of the Good Shepherd for their soup kitchen. Yeah. Yep. Good. So we gave it all back to the community. Yeah, so there's a social uh, yeah. social justice aspect to it, too, yeah, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. So you've been, you've been doing a whole bunch of other types of programs. Um, one of the ones that you've been working on fairly recently is the Art of Storytelling program. You're kind of midway in this project yeah, now. halfway there. So... Uh, what is that? What is the Art of Storytelling project? So this particular project, um, we wanted young people to sit down and interview senior citizens and collect stories from them. We gave them some topics or some guidelines to sort of bring stories out. And uh, we did it kind of like a speed dating thing, actually. We had more young people than seniors. Some people had to back out last minute. Um, so we sat seniors down and students sat with them, asked them questions about a variety of topics. Um, tell me about the place you grew up in. Tell me about a time when you found something wasn't fair or what was what was your life like when you were my age, that sort of thing. And so they collected the stories. Then the students are taking that information and they're going to turn it into art. So we're going to see paintings or music. Um, we may see poetry. There may even be some like animation or comic type, type stuff. So the kids, uh, we only did that a couple of weeks ago. So the kids have taken that information now and they're, uh, they're going to put something together and we're going to see it January, February, mm -hmm. see what they've come up with. And so uh, is someone supervising the artistic creation component or are they off on their own? They're doing on their own. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be fun to see what they come up with. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. all part of the volunteer component of it too. Like if you're volunteering to do something, you really need to take ownership of what you're, what you're going to do. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, I had some kids, I offered some um, art materials to some of them. So they came and I, I, I know exactly what I'm going to do and I'm, I need two canvases and I'm going to paint pictures. So I'm really excited to see what comes of it. So we're going to gather everybody together again and we're going to have kind of like a, a show. 
Right. So depending on what it is, it may all be just visual. There may be some acting. Who knows? Yeah. Or music. And anyway. so the seniors have no idea what's going to happen with they their stories. They don't know. It's That's just going to be reinterpreted by some young people to see how, yep, it should be good. Yeah. And are these young people, so again, is that tied back into their high school, um, their volunteer hours? Or are they, is this a separate program? or? Well, they will get volunteer hours for sure, it, yeah. yeah. but um, some of them don't need the volunteer hours. I know that for a fact that some of the kids who were there are just doing it because they want to do they it. They want to do it, yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's nice fantastic. Um, one of the other projects that you were doing was uh, community gardening. Yes, yep. So where where was that taking place? We, uh, we did a garden up at the Gloria Pearson Community Centre, which was formerly the Kemal Park Community Centre okay. in Mount Pearl. Um, and we had some, it was actually a number of Girl Guide organizations. That's who we managed to get to uh, come out in June. And we had some senior citizens from Masonic Park who came over and showed them how to plant on a freezing cold day in June. And one of the men was 90 years old. And I'm telling you, this guy could, he could go. He, uh, he, he was face and eyes into the dirt you know just you know, got to dig this out and then all summer long he would call me you know I was over to check the garden you got to call the girls and tell them they need to weed it you know so he was it was like this project all summer long um, and at the end of the season then they collected all the food yeah yep and so what do you what kind of impact do you think that has on the community that that type of gardening project what I think it showed was the young people where your food comes from, right. for starters, um, and how much work it takes to, you know, get it out. Because a lot of the crops didn't grow, depending on the kind of food it was, you know, the the weather played a, a part. Um, but it also got them out there talking to some seniors who were sharing their stories while they were planting and they'd go over and weed from time to time. They would say, you know, where I grew up, you know, this is what we used to do. Or, you know, I lived on the side of the, a cliff, you know, we couldn't grow anything, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it makes a difference to... Young people have an appreciation for the food, and it gets seniors active in their community and gets them talking to younger people and just sharing that information. Yeah. So is that something you would uh, like to continue on for next year? I th- so the gardens that – the plots that we were given by the city, mm-hmm. um, those are theirs. So whether they continue on, I don't know, but I've like they've, I've given them the plots. And so when you say they're theirs, they're the, they're this – the seniors? The seniors have their own garden. The seniors have their own garden, yes. I understand. Yeah. It's a huge, huge garden, massive garden. Okay. Um, and their crops were wonderful. They even grew poppies, apparently. Wow. It was beautiful. Um, but if the Girl Guides go back again in the spring next year, then they know that they can go over to, because they're very close together, they can go over to the seniors and say, I don't remember what you said about planting these potatoes or whatever. What right. should I do? Yeah. So those connections have already been made. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that they'll they'll keep going back to them. Yeah, good. Um, one of the other uh, projects that you mentioned was about uh, painting projects, painters painting with seniors. Mm-hmm. Yep. I um, again, this is all part of the New Horizons project. Um, what I have done is found a young woman who has just recently finished um, program at Anna Templeton. She's twenty, and um, so she teaches people how to paint and so I've gathered senior citizens we get together once a month Uh, we started the pilot project in August and it was um, everybody loved it so we did it again September October November Um, and they're calling me like when's the next class so we get seniors in it's similar to the um, 
the the cork and canvas classes, those sorts of things. But uh, we decided to take it a little differently. The cork and canvas, those Vino Paturo kinds of events, people sit down and they paint the same painting. Right. So we do that, but we ask seniors to do whatever they want to do. So what we want to teach them is fundamentals on how to paint, how to mix colors, what brushes you should be using, that sort of thing. And so they're getting that, and then they sort of branch off and they do their own thing. A lot of the paintings do end up looking similar, but then some of them look totally different from everybody else's. And it's a, it's a real confidence builder for senior citizens. It's mm-hmm. also a real social activity. They're really funny people, this group. And I don't always get all the same people all the time, so it's a nice mixture from time to time. Yeah. yeah. But and, you're, and you're saying you are seeing some of the same people coming back Absolutely. Time yes, yeah. they're calling me. So don't forget, I want to be on the list for next year. <laughs> are we, and we decided not to do it in December because it's such a busy month. So don't forget, in January, I'm coming back. So. Yeah. And where do you do it? Where do you, where do you actually physically meet for this? So we have been using uh, Admiralty House Museum yeah. in Mount Pearl, um, and thank you, because that's been a donation from them. But we've been waiting for the annex to be completed right. next they're, door. they're refinishing the building next door to the yes, museum. Yes, yeah. yeah, because we've been partnering with the Association for the Arts in Mount Pearl on this. Yeah. So a representative from their board has actually been helping out, just guiding and helping cleaning up that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that might be an interesting thing to talk about, actually, is is partnerships and, and yeah. who your partners are in the community and how you build those partnerships and maintain them. Yeah, so uh, the Association for the Arts has been a great partner, and they, um, they've they offered space and resources as we need it. And, and just sort of interject, but for people who aren't familiar with that organization, with AMP, who are they and what do they, what do, they do? The Association for the Arts in Mount Pearl does go by AMP, A-A-M-P, um, and they are all about... Um, not Mount Pearl art, but art in Mount Pearl. So they like to get out and support artists of all kinds. If you're a musician, if you're an artist, if you're visual arts, those sorts of things. And they do events throughout the year that um, are creatively related, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're one of your partners. They're yeah. one of our partners. The city of Mount Pearl has offered us space, meeting space, and those sorts of things. So they've been a great partner for that. Also the community gardening. So we've actually got some garden plots that are ours for as long as we want them um we've partnered with um well the sport alliance of course they're our, they're our um, partner organization who else have we partnered with you're talking about the museum admiralty house yeah. has been there um and then you you were talking about like the church of the good shepherd and you know that benefits from some of your your food work and and, you know, and the high schools obviously are benefiting yep. as well yeah yep yeah so that's, uh, it's, I always find that when you have an organization, when you can kind of make bridges with other organizations, you get a lot more, you get a lot more done and you get a lot greater reach for your, for your ideas and just trying to work on your, work on your own. Definitely. And throughout the community, of course, um, part of the networking, part of the purpose of my networking is just to let all the community organizations know that we are there to help support them and whatever they're trying to do so we've had great results with uh, the Lions Club and the Kinsmen and all all the different organizations that actually do stuff all year long Frosty Festival is another one so you know Volunteer Mount Pearl has been trying to just make sure that everybody knows that we're there yeah. and that we can actually help support your your activities so what, what are your challenges then as an organization some of the challenges are Let's see. Um, getting the message out there because some organizations, as you know, not-for-profit organizations are usually really busy and they're tied up in their own worlds. So 
coming out there and saying we're here to support you oftentimes means to them that it's a lot of work that's extra work so rather than reach out to volunteer mount pearl and say yes we need these volunteers please help they'll just stick to what they normally do because it's easier to to keep going status quo Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so that's a big challenge um yeah just getting our message out there making sure people know who we are and what we're doing and making sure that they they can rely on us for for different things yeah and where where would you like it to go where would you like the organization to go in the future right now we're just happy that it's uh it's 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 a small space small office um but we would like to see it be the preeminent um, volunteer organization in the community that people know that yes if I need a volunteer job I can just contact them and say look I'm looking for a position for long term short term doesn't matter what have you got mm-hmm. and then I want to be able to be that hub to to connect volunteers in the organizations yeah yeah um, do, do you have a do you have a favorite memory of of something that has happened in the time that you've been doing this maybe at a workshop or a particular senior or, or participant that stands out for you favorite memory I do enjoy working with the seniors I have to say they're yeah. some of the funniest people I know but back to the berry picking I guess sure, yeah. the day we went berry picking um we had two little girls who were with us, and they have been superstars. These two girls, every event that I've had so far, they're there. And, like, they're there with their pencils in their hands, ready to work. And I think they're 10 or 11, right? They're fantastic. <laughs> they're volunteers right? of the future, yeah. They yeah. are. They're volunteers now. And so just watching them, sort of the, the joy that they have, yeah. you know, when they're, they're, they were picking the berries and then filling the buckets, and then it became a competition with them. And, you know, they they couldn't wait then to go start when – the the jam making you know so they had to wait a whole week and when we got there you know they had chef hats on and aprons and they were you know ready to go with wooden spoons in their hands like yes let's do it right yeah yeah no they're they're superstars for sure and you dragged your mother into the bread making mom's there for everything yes (laughs) got my dad in there too yeah Yeah, i had him for the art of storytelling oh yeah 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 so he was telling he was one of the storytellers he was was, yeah Yeah. that's great Yeah. yeah and your mom was one of the bread bread makers (laughs) mom and she's at the painting classes almost every time yeah she was sick for the last class and she was not happy (laughs) (laughs) so now are there other specific projects that you have planned out for the next year um that you that you want to roll off the the art of storytelling is is as we said kind of midway so the, the the presentation is coming up are there other things coming up yep so the next big thing for us is going to be um the young people teaching seniors some uh technology so okay. we want to get young people teaching seniors um, how to navigate the internet safely, how to um, how to sign up for a Facebook page, for example, or what emails are safe. Like just sort of do all that sort of internet safety, um, and a, maybe even use like how to use a smartphone, you know that sort of stuff. Because a lot of seniors are kind of terrified of them. You know, it's like that's way too much yeah. technology in your hand. But kids, of course, know. They know how to do that stuff, right? It's all innate. So that's that's the next thing now. We'll do that after Christmas, and we'll get kids sitting down teaching seniors what the World Wide Web is all about. Yeah. I remember, we did a project with a community museum on Google mapping. We were teaching the, yeah. the, the volunteers of the museum how to do Google Maps. And they were older ladies, you know, so it was there was a bit of a learning curve there. And then uh, they ended up hiring on uh, a high school summer student who, in, like, 
two minutes knew right. <laughs> they had figured out everything, you know, and kind of took everything over. So yeah, there is there. I think there's great opportunities there to link up youth and, and seniors to help teach technology. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the technology and uh, anything else, or is that? Uh... I'm going to do the art of storytelling again. Yeah. I'm hoping to do it in one of the seniors' homes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're um, that's that's sort of in the works, but I haven't filled out any details on that yet. And um, I'm sure there's more, Dale. But yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to clue up from some stuff. Right? Absolutely, I know, I know what that's like. So now, if people do want to get uh, get more information, or if they're in Mount Pearl and they want to volunteer, give us your uh, your social media contacts again. Your website is volunteermountpearl.ca, and all my information will be on that. It's on the page. Uh, but if you want, I'm on Twitter volunteer, at volunteermp, uh, Facebook volunteer Mount Pearl, and Instagram. I think it's also volunteer Mount Pearl. It's pretty easy. Great. Well, That'd thank you for fun. coming in. Thank you. I'm Dale Jarvis. You've been listening to Living Heritage, a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. You can find us online at ichblog.ca or on iTunes. Our production assistant is Tara Barrett. We would love to know what you think of the show. Leave us a comment on the Living Heritage Podcast Facebook page or tweet us at ich underscore nl. Thanks for listening. <laughs>